So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. You want to top that slop? Thought we were gonna have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into? Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Strike Anywhere. My name is Jeff, and I can't stop thinking about the Dexter's Laboratory ice cream with chocolate-covered marshmallows in the shape of Dexter and Dee Dee that Edie's put out in the late 90s. My name is Jimmy, and when I was 14, I kept annoyingly messaging a girl, and now she's my best friend. My name is Dan, and when I was in third grade, I really wanted a spiky haircut to look like the Terminator. When my parents finally gave in, I ended up looking more like Michael Douglas and falling down. It's a good one. <laughs> I killed Jeff again. <laughs> I was just an angry little white boy with glasses and a flat wow, top. Wow, that's really good. And Jimmy, your mom texts you? Hello, uh, <laughs> That's, that's no, not my best friend. So I wrote this down because I remembered it. Oh and goodness. obviously the fact that I looked like Michael Douglas and falling down, that's in hindsight. Like as an adult, I'm realizing that I looked like that. So good. But the funny are, Jimmy, thing are you is, Googling it right yeah. now? The funny thing is, oh, you haven't seen Falling Down? No. Great movie about white rage and white privilege. Cool. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, at the time, I was definitely in third grade, and I definitely had seen Terminator many times because I wanted to look like that. And then I was like, my dad let me watch Terminator by the time I was eight. Well, yeah, it does look like him. But I mean, yeah, they made action figures and video games. Back then, there were, I had a Rambo lunchbox when I was like seven. Yeah. So it, it's crazy. Yeah. I wanted to start it's crazy. We're so we're so conservative now. We can't even let our babies bring <laughs> guns to school anymore. Yeah. I mean, we talk. Whoa. We talked in an earlier episode about how I had seen the shining when I was like seven. Mm. So I guess my parents. Were I just remember my mom movies. was like, you can't watch our rated movies. So I would go across the street and my friend Johnny, his parents didn't care. Watch Total Recall when I was like 10. And I was like, wait, girls have three. <laughs> my my parents were like you can't watch r-rated movies and my dad was like unless you're with me and i want to watch an r-rated movie <laughs> yeah that was my dad too. yeah but shit. um yeah jimmy yeah i'm gonna throw this to you because you have no idea okay do we have any reviews no yeah we have a comment on instagram if you'd oh, like me to read it shit. okay we got a message uh a little while back forgot to read it last time uh, it's from Eric. He says, hey, guys, I'm a huge fanboy of you guys, especially Dan. I know you guys do read these and I have been scared to send in fear of rejection. <laughs> but you guys help me through the day. Love you guys so much. And P.S. Five stars. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I forgot about that message. But yeah, thank it was, you. It was yeah. From like a month ago. He asked me a couple things about like production stuff the other day. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, he's a cool dude. Are you guys best friends now? No. Well, I thought Dan was his favorite. He's not messaging Dan. He's messaging Jimmy. Maybe he's just like too in awe of my celebrity. He also said, I am also a walking Star Wars Google. I've read all 52 EU books of the pre-Disney age. If you have any questions from Hut Translation to Jabba facts, I'm your guy. Why would we have any questions about fake non-canonical Star Wars that doesn't oh. matter? Chewbacca didn't get killed by a moon, Eric. 
<laughs> Thanks, Kathleen. <laughs> I support post Disney Star Wars. Same. Is that a thing? Or oh no, like, it's a thing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's a it's a huge. Thing. I mean, white gatekeepers. They exist in every fandom. That's true. Yeah. Bring back Star my Wars. Star Wars, dude. <laughs> Not Mickey Wars. Cool. This is the part of the episode where we talk ourselves into things. Yeah. It's fun fun. It's a fun fun. If you don't want to hear us talk about it, look at the show notes. There are timestamps. Skip right to strike anywhere. Pre-listen. Yeah. Nope. That's Terminator. Oh, yeah. We were just Uh, talking about Terminator like a lot. (laughs) This week, I've been talking myself into embracing the Tim Burton Batman. Okay, it so, has its fans. It has its place in. Uh, is this because of uh, Michael Keaton's interview on WTF? No, I did not hear that. Okay, wait. Or, no, he was on Conan. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say he, he was, was on, on WTF years ago, and yeah. I did enjoy that. No, this is actually because of a comic book. But I'll get back to that. Okay. Batman eighty nine. Yes. Um, oh, okay. Growing up, I loved Tim Burton's Batman. Um, I also like was intuitive enough to understand that I hated Joel Schumacher's Batman. But, yeah, but not knowledgeable enough to understand that there were different creative forces behind them. Right. Sure. Aside, when I saw Batman Returns in 1989, I was four years old. My brother was one. Don't know why you're taking a one year old to a movie theater <laughs> like that. But you do. Did you go when, with your dad or your mom? Both. Oh, very rare. Divorce. Oh, pre-divorce. Yeah. Whoa. They probably still hated each other at this point. <laughs> like this fucking guy. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> but when the penguin came on screen, my brother cried. Yeah. Started screaming. I mean, he's so pretty scary. We had to leave and I was pissed. <laughs> and then fast forward to one of the Joel Schumacher shit shows. I was watching it and like the film messed up and they couldn't fix it so i was like i don't know how jim carrey is my idol how come i can't see what happens to him yeah they gave us tickets to see it again it's just i'm a few years behind jeff i didn't go see either of these in the theater um my family were not i'm sorry people's batman returns was 91 Mm. so i was five and he was uh three okay Okay. six six any more interruptions because i still haven't even got real quick this michelle five for that white gold yeah, uh, well, that's another part of where I was going. We just talked about how early little boy feels were given to me by <laughs> Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. Uh, I guess even before that, I had a poster of Michelle Pfeiffer in the Catwoman suit. There was a poster of, okay, I just rewatched this, so it's fresh in my memory. You guys might not remember it, but the first appearance of her in the suit is she's in the window of her apartment building. She like yeah, throws yeah. back the curtains and she does this like real slinky pose. And I was like, Oh, and I bought the poster <laughs> of that. Cool. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fun, good stuff. This is when Tim Burton was good before he realized that like, I could just do whatever and hot topic. will like it. Yeah. I would say like nightmare before Christmas was the turning point. Me too. For sure. Mm-hmm. Do you um, like those movies or no? Which ones? Nightmare Before Christmas. I do, but I don't really like any of his stuff after. I liked okay. it when it came out. Yeah. It's probably fine. It's I good. Like, I like Pee Wee. The first it's one, one of those yeah. things that's good, but the people who like it are not are very good. into it. Yeah, um, I get that. But anyways, so I had always had a soft spot in my heart for these movies. I don't rewatch them a lot. There are problematic things, not culturally problematic, but like just as a filmmaker. stuff that's like crappy <laughs> kind of or things that don't really lore. make a lot of sense. Right. Um. But I, I did see like before the pandemic, 
around Christmas, I think it was. Batman or, Returns. Yeah, the I Alamo. saw Batman Returns at the Alamo. That was a lot With of fun. Me. Oh, I forgot you went to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really me good. somebody else. I don't remember. Nick, maybe. And I was like, you know what? These movies are pretty good. I really love... I mean, here's a hot take. The worst part of those movies, uh, Batman and Batman Returns, is Batman. I like Michael Keaton, but Batman has no plot. Right. There's no, like... He's just a gross. force. Yeah, he's he's a force that, like, the villains have to come up against. Right. And as an adult who loves film, watching them made me even realize that more. Like, these movies both open up with the villain's origin story. Yep. In Batman Returns, we don't see Batman for, like, 15 minutes. We don't see Bruce Wayne or Batman. Anyways. I mean, the villains are arguably better than Batman. For sure. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so... Recently, DC announced that they were going to be doing a series, a mini series called Batman 89. They've been doing that based on the years. They did like Batman 68 or whatever yep. it was. Yep. And they also are launching Superman 79, I think, hmm. um, which is a follow up to the first two Superman movies, the Richard Donner ones. That's cool. So anyways, um, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of intrigued. It's supposedly based on like script ideas and like storylines that would have been in Tim Burton's third film. It was originally mm. supposed to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. I started seeing some of the promo artwork come out. That it was going to have a lot to do with Harvey Dent's transformation into Two-Face, which Lando, guys. Lando Two-Face. Yeah. Oh, yep. really? That's cool. Yeah. He's drawn as... Um, he was Harvey Dent. Yeah. And I, I forget... I remember that. Why am I drawing a blank Billy on his D. name? Billy Williams? Yeah. It's, <laughs> so, like, the co- I have the variant cover of the first issue, and it's, mm-hmm. like, Billy D. Williams Two-Face. It's really cool. cool. And also, the appearance of um, Robin... Who was actually cast, and there was an Easter egg filmed for Batman Returns that was cut, um, but it's Marlon Wayne's, one of the Wayne's brothers. Yeah, I heard that. I don't. I didn't know how far they got in the process. Uh, and supposedly, like Robin hasn't made his way into the comic yet. I've only read the first issue, but mm-hmm. that's coming. Um, I wonder if they're going to do anything with the Tim Burton Superman movie that was supposed to happen. I'm sure Nicholas if like Cage. if this Batman yeah. miniseries takes yeah. off, they probably will. Yeah. Um. We'll see. But so far, I enjoyed the first issue. I That's enjoyed cool. rewatching the movies more than I thought I would. I mean, Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer just slay. Like they're oh, yeah, so they're good. Great. The, that scene where he's like, uh, "It could be worse. Your nose could be gushing blood right now." And the guy's like, "What?" He just bites <laughs> onto his nose. Yeah. Yeah. That so movie's good. great. Return is really good. I don't think I've ever seen the first one. Jimmy, I know. what are you even doing? I've Come seen on, Returns Jim. a bunch of times. I mean, the best thing about Batman is the whole, like, the Batman, where he's like an urban myth in the beginning of the movie. Nice. Jack Nicholson mm, makes some choices. <laughs> some of them I get behind, some of them I don't. Um, so, Jimmy, I'm going to ask you what you talked yourself into, but what first... What a boring transition. <laughs> but first, I have another question for you. Yeah. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? don't know is that from batman yeah see he's never watched it what a loser i don't think i've seen the first one what about the bat dance you do that that's horrible i would love i would love to see jimmy dressed up like prince and assless (laughs) tights cool (laughs) so this week i am talking myself into a product that you fellas are probably familiar with i don't believe you have but it's a product and this is not sponsored but it's a ridge wallet uh so ridge wallets are basically like smaller more condensed wallets and they're Did very you re- nice you should have reached out to ridge before you use this one yeah because fantano sponsored by them yeah but he's also has millions of subscribers so do we jim no. yeah don't give it away we don't but no, yeah we don't we don't uh but yeah i have a ridge wallet because i want to see hate- it 
I hate having wallet bulge in my pocket. Me too. Yeah, look at this. I regularly go that. through my wallet to make it as thin as possible. It's literally just two pieces of metal and then a little uh, like uh, elastic strap to how do you get things out of it? You push it, them. Yep. You push them out and then you can pull out the cards and in your IDs and whatnot. I kind of like that. My wallet that I carry is is sort of like that, but leather on the outside so this yep. is mine that i've had for a while i have a couple of them. that's pretty thin for what it is it is and i yeah. have like minimal cards just my necessities right and it's rounded it's longer than a regular wallet it's not like it's shorter but it's rounded so when you put it, it in your, your pocket, pocket it doesn't right. move all around and i got the money clip it's version and um not a great decision because it still just kind of digs into you yeah and you probably um, don't carry a lot of cash usually yeah I, well i did have a lot of cash and i was like i'm gonna cash this in because <laughs> it was like 60 bucks and i was like it's very hefty you purchased dogecoin with it yeah that's what yeah, i did smart um but yeah i literally just got it like yesterday and uh but it's very nice very condensed and i am talking myself into it yeah i almost bought the ridge keychain have you seen that? I think so, yeah. Where it's basically the same thing, but your keys are like all lined up and then you could flip it out like a pocket. I've been knife. seeing right. a lot of sponsored ads on that mm. recently yeah. on Instagram. Targeted, dude. They know you're probably. Oh, yeah. They know. Well, now they're definitely going to know. When you buy your house, you should gift yourself one of those. <laughs> Put your house keys in. Nice. But yeah, it's pretty nice. Jeff. I, I mean, I have keys now. <laughs> like, it's not like I don't have keys to my home. But you don't want to put your new house keys on some crappy old keychain. Not some old. What do you use for your keys? You got a carabiner? Uh, what? No, I just put it on my car. Key. We just took over this. I used to have it's a fine. carabiner. Yeah. But now I just keep it in my front pocket. I only I literally only have my house key on there. That's yeah. it. Mine's pretty minimal, but I have that guitar plug thing for my wall, which I yeah. love. That's pretty cool. That's nice. Great. Jeff. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Ridge wallets. This is something that I like, but I actually just purchased it for the first time. Talk myself into hot honey. Oh, you guys have hot honey. Yeah, I've made hot honey a few times. Yeah, I've never made it. I made suppose, a video. I suppose I could make hot honey, yeah, um, but pretty easy. yeah, but when I was at my last job, I would go to a lot of food shows like mm -hmm. industry shows and hot honey seems like something that was popping up around that time three years ago where it started to become really popular yeah there was this brand that i saw at every show i went to called mike's hot honey i always went there mm. for samples they're out of brooklyn and um there's a pizza place in new haven that we all love called delania yeah and they have a pizza called the honey pot which is one of my favorite pizzas of That's all good. time which has hot soap cherry peppers garlic and honey drizzled on i don't know if they use hot honey or regular honey but delicious pizza they make their dough with honey don't they Yes. Yeah, I believe so. That's a common. Yep. And uh, there's a place near my house now called Fluco, and they have a very similar one. They just call it the Super Set. I feel like that type of pie is very on trend at the moment because there's a place right here in Naugatuck that does wood fired pizza, and they do a pizza with yeah, I don't know cured meat and hot honey. But this is I don't know when it became a thing. But yeah, last couple of years, Fluco. Honestly, I think it's better in Delania, which is a bold statement but i got it and i'm like oh man this is so good and then i was like why don't i just get hot honey and put it on every single pizza i get because if i don't want so set yeah so yeah. i bought hot i bought a bottle of mike's hot honey don't know why i picked mike's just because it was like i think fluco actually uses mike's and that's what you're familiar with yeah so i just got it you know it's like 10 bucks or whatever and i put it on a few different things and it's it's really good and last time i got fluco i just got a i got bacon and hot cherry peppers on a white pie and Ooh, drizzled some good. like i put one on one slice and then one on a different slice and i was like oh yeah this yeah is better yeah this is a little bit better dude you know what honey. that's bomb on homemade fried chicken 
Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I put it on. I did that. I put it on. Well, I, I baked the chicken just because I was like, it was one of those days, you know. One of those days. One of those days. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had it on baked chicken. I put it on some roasted veggies. Um, I put it in mac and cheese, which was not great. But, you know, you can put it on anything. You know what else you can put it on? What's that? Vanilla ice cream. Yeah, Sounds I weird. That. No, no, that doesn't sound weird at all. My boy B Rice back in the day used to put honey, honey mustard, mustard from McDonald's on, on the ice cream syrup. cone. Yep. Oh, that was so weird. Not that bad though, surprisingly. But now you see trends people putting yellow mustard on watermelon. Yeah, I haven't seen that. That sounds gross. Yeah. Strike Anywhere is a band that is still active. Yeah. They just, for the first time in over a decade, maybe about a decade, released like a, an EP. Mm-hmm. A melodic hardcore band from Richmond, Virginia, I believe. Yes. And I've seen them uh, multiple times over the years. Not in a long time, though. Dan, you know more information about them, which is why I didn't want to start the second. <laughs> like, I, I love Strike Anywhere. Yeah. Um, I got into them from you when their album Dead FM came out. I think it was their fourth, mm. third or fourth album. Uh, it's their third, third full length. yeah so it was like 2006 or something like listen to this band there's also there's also like a full length album but it's a compilation of like some unreleased things some okay. live cuts sure um so yeah strike anywhere you covered the major bases um they formed in 1999 um i was alive then <laughs> yeah the singer thomas barnett he was in a band called inquisition that was um oh yeah i forgot about that a pretty big hardcore band especially like regionally um so strike anywhere like jeff said they definitely set them apart set themselves apart from a lot of like the hardcore acts of that area era um because they do get very melodic at points yeah his voice is a higher register too Mm -hmm. he has a unique scream and he has a unique style where he'll go Literally, like, word by word, line by line, he'll switch between a scream and a melodic stuff. Um, That's the main reason why we wanted to talk you into it, Jim. I think, you know, musically, they're a pretty straightforward, like, hardcore punk hybrid. Yeah, they're similar to a Wilhelm scream, which we talked you into. But I would say they're less complicated. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Wilhelm scream has that added depth of, like, a heavy metal influence. Right. Which I don't hear in Strike Anywhere. Um, Strike Anywhere has... A more of a a melodic punk influence, sort of like H2O, things like that, Bad right. Religion. I like I them. mean, I've seen them play with H2O. I've seen them play. Actually, the first Touche Amore show was Bane and Strike Anywhere, which is why we went and Touche Amore opened for them. So that show was just Bonkers. amazing. Yeah, Jim, you may actually know a little bit of their music because they have been featured in three Tony Hawk games. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. true, though. Yeah. yeah. That, like, garnered them a lot of exposure. I'm sure, yeah. And a lot Is of that attention. what got them on Punk Goes Acoustic? Because Probably. I don't know if you are familiar with, like, the Punk Goes series of the no. mid-2000s. Punk Goes Pop. They did Punk Goes Acoustic, oh, and it was bands. Oh, yeah, I do know that. It was bands doing acoustic versions of their songs, and Chalkline was kind of popular in the punk scene. I added it to the playlist. Yeah. Because okay. I think it's a great opportunity, and they, they actually have, I didn't put any of this on there because I thought it was better represented by Chalkline. But recently they came out with a whole live acoustic album. They did. Yeah. After. So Iron Front came out in like 2009 or 10 or something. And since then, before this EP, the only thing they've released was that acoustic live album, which is pretty good. Hmm. 
Um, so yeah, you may recognize a couple of these from Tony Hawk. Uh, they've bounced around on a bunch of different record labels. Um, memorably, um, Fat Records was Dead FM. Iron Front was Bridge Nine Records. It feels like they were on Jade Tree at some point. They it's, were on Jade Tree at one I point. I was right. <laughs> Yay, I did it. Equal Vision, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Bridge Nine Records. Actually, I think Iron Front was on Bridge Nine. I could be right. I could yeah, be wrong. that's what I just said, literally. Oh, I didn't listen to you. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to them at all, Jim. Cool. Yeah, we, um, we but, covered all of them. They yeah, were not and, on Equal Vision. Uh, lyrically, they're very socially and politically aware. Cool. Um, It's not like drilling it into your face like anti-flag would but you know some of the lyrics are very <laughs> aware like you understand right. yes. where they stand right. uh, socially politically. and politically right. not every song some is just about you know life okay they're a super fun band to see live very energetic uh i got to see them uh with bane in springfield massachusetts they get the whole crowd to sing along a lot of stage diving, very positive, upbeat attitude. The yes. singer, Thomas, he's a little guy with long dreadlocks, and he whips his hair around, and he's always cool. smiling and engaging with the audience. I like that. Jim, do you have any exposure to this band? Zip. I don't, I, I knew the name, uh, maybe from Tony Hawk. This is one of those bands that Dan put together the playlist. I gave him a little bit of input. It's a little hard to make a playlist because they're consistent the quality mm, from yeah. the first album to the album the ep they just came out with is pretty much the same that's not a bad thing no no it's not and dan and i had like a little back and forth like it's a good thing but it's also like uh they're the same mm. yeah so some people say that as negative it all sounds the same but if you like that sound to me that's right. good i also think that because their songs employ a lot of catchy melodies and repetitive mm -hmm. choruses they're they're easy to differentiate one from another. Like song to song doesn't quote sound the same. No, but they have a signature strike anywhere sound mm. that album to album is very consistent. Right. I can't, I don't know what songs are on what albums. Yeah. So I it's not like I'm confused. I'm it's like, not oh, yeah, like we had album. to really show like this tremendous growth. Like with the clash playlist, we right. had to kind of paint a picture of how they evolved over time. Um, strike Dan, anywhere yeah. is gonna be strike anywhere. But you did a good job at picking songs that are a little different because some have like weird time signatures or like yeah they mess with slow stuff, stuff, slower intros, like builds within the song. So I think that you will find it um very musically interesting okay. and super duper duper catchy. Yeah, I like that, Jimmy. This one's I think it's gonna be an interesting one for you because it's gonna push you a little bit. Uh, heavier and screamier than anything you've listened to yet. Is it heavier than like H2O? Yeah. Okay. I would say a little bit. Yeah. It, it's, in, fine. it's in that wheelhouse. Right. I would say it's between H2O and Wilhelm Scream. Okay. And the, the worst part about this episode, if you're talking to them, you'll be losing money because you'll be buying every record. Because that's <laughs> what happens. Yeah. I don't have any strike anywhere on vinyl. I have a couple seven inches. But I'm probably gonna... I have two Wilhelm uh, Scream albums. Now. now I have them all. Yeah. After our episode, I just yeah. bought them all. Yeah, uh, they're also like vinyl nerds too. So there's lots of like unique colored stuff. I have Iron Front on translucent green. Um, yeah, I have a few other albums on weird colors and stuff. But yeah, gonna have you listen to the playlist. Sweet, check it out. Hopefully, when we come back, you'll be like, "Which lie is the one?" <laughs> you will never hear me scream. I can almost guarantee. I don't you. really scream. I just no, do that quiet scream. But you'll probably want to sing along to some parts. We'll see. Okay. 
Bye. <laughs>
kind of like a conspiracy theory song. I don't know how else to describe it. Not really. Like, I think that it's it's more questioning the people that are in power, sending you into war yeah, against your will. Not right. necessarily a draft. Yeah, I would like, agree with that. Yeah. Having a war means that you will need a a lot of people to do the war for you. Yep. Yeah. So it's talking about questioning that. For sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's true. conspiratorial. Yeah, I don't know. I was very tired while I was writing these <laughs> these notes. So my. Uh, I'm I also probably think we're going to have to refresh my memory. I also think that there's like a an interesting counterpoint to like, OK, let's say the main oh. subject of of this song is what Jeff said. But there's an interesting like set of lyrics towards the end where he's talking about um, arming this joy, which is like the joyful sound of this music can be like a weapon in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's sort of an interesting idea. Notes. It, it- musically this band is one of those bands that i found at a point in my life when punk rock was you know three three string power chords and i was like Mm. dun 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 chug 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 and then in this song especially this is the first time it really highlights it on this playlist you got those octave chords Mm. where you're not playing the the middle string and dan you know more how to explain this than i do and you're just muting it so you're just playing the the two octaves yeah and i was like whoa that sounds hard to do but it's not <laughs> no it's not I i've done imagine. it a million it's times it's a little trick then. that like hardcore bands utilize especially like in the early 2000s yeah. it's something that i still rely upon in my guitar playing but mm-hmm. it's an it's a nice way to like add a melody to yeah. a song especially if you're mm-hmm. dealing with a non-traditional singer who's like screaming at points right um talking about melodic songs notes on pulling the sky down yeah um we get a nice acoustic guitar intro yeah and then the electric guitar lead is like in it, it's panned it's mixed really well it's like yep. in, especially if you're listening on headphones you can really hear it, and it's very immersive yes it is and for the first time on this playlist we get a very mellow part which is like the bridge where it's like so i wait for a change to come and uh what i like about this song is that so like adding an acoustic guitar intro was like a super popular thing to do for heavy bands like in the 90s and 2000s but i have an issue when they just open a song with that and then they move on to like Mm. so it's like not even part of the song i love that the acoustic guitar comes back in at the end of the song um not only that little acoustic riff but also you can hear um at the end of the song when they're like chanting we are at war you can hear the acoustic guitar in the mix like strumming like triumphantly mm-hmm. what did you think of this song jim i liked it a lot i obviously i like it when hardcore bands try, try and like take it a little bit slower a little bit more melodic a little bit more like soulful um yeah i liked it a lot actually it was one of the highlights on the playlist i'm starting to think these boys don't like war yeah probably not they might they might be against it they might be but they also use war symbolism for like their act of rebellion so that could get a little confusing yes but jeff the next song is the first song from my favorite strike anywhere album this is refusal off changes of sound a year later 2001 jim i know we're doing it saw that so the the lyrics to me are kind of vague but it can correlate to a number of social issues Mm -hmm. um and when i was looking up lyrics i saw a comment that somebody posted a lot of these comments you find are from like 2001 and 2 when like the album first came out and a lot of people made comments like i just saw them play last thursday and thomas said this 
And uh, they said they said that Thomas said this song is about the oppression of women at the hands of men and how he wishes for total equality amongst the two genders, which is kind of dated Two genders <laughs> conservatives. But yeah, that's what um, the song is supposedly about. That's which, which I could see that for I sure. See that. I definitely wrote in my notes that it's a song about unity. I didn't yeah. I was thinking more in terms of like gender unity. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't specify specifically yeah. get that out of it, but there's a great line in there um, where he's like, he wants to have an, put an end to the bullshit of separation and em- embrace the whole world as your kin. Truth to truth and skin to skin is such a good lyric. Yeah, yes. that can be a racial issue. That's why I said like it, it yeah. can be many different social issues for sure. Yeah. And there, really there's good. a cool little bass bridge in there. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yes. Very good song. I like when he's like, I refuse to run and I will die before I kneel. Yep. <laughs> Sunset on 32nd Street. This Would you say this is their most popular song, Dan? I mean, it's always hard to determine that with a band that does not have any singles. That's true. Uh, but <laughs> I will say that when you see them live, this gets one of the biggest reactions. Yeah. It's uh, super catchy and it's got that intro that's... You know, they broke down the door with the guns in their face of your wife and child. As they pin you to the floor, did you say, officer, I am not resisting you? Yeah, it was okay. I didn't want to scream. I didn't want to scream. I did it. I did the the quiet Dan scream voice. Yeah. I'm not resisting you. (laughs) You guys are losers. Uh, Yeah, this song was probably my favorite one off the playlist. No, no. Sunset on 32nd Street. I'm starting to think these boys don't like cops. (laughs) You think? It seems to be a recurring theme here. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. I love the line, and in, in as he pinned you uh, to the floor, did yeah. you say? I'm pretty sure this is probably game? about a specific event that happened either in the news probably, that was big yeah. around the time or the yeah. area they're from, but it's a very, very, very common thing in America yes. right, to still be happening 20 years later. Correct. There's also a real emotional arc to the lyrics of this song, um, so it starts off like very frustrated and hopelessness. And then by the end, there's sort of like a, a call for unification where he's like, we're going to defend our yesterdays and defend our tomorrows together, together, together. I don't know. I just like that. He sort of like builds upon the mm-hmm. idea of hopefulness. Right. The next song, Riot of Words. This song has this like sort of, I mean, I'm not going to compare it to rap, but it's got this sort of like chanty feel throughout yeah. it. Mm-hmm. This is the moment where we choose to stand. Yeah, up I right love that. Vibe. Well, it's like right away. It starts like with that swingy rhythm and it's it's got a really good groove. The palm muting and like the really light chugs. That's what I was talking about before, Dan. I mean, Jimmy, um, <laughs> whoever you are, one of you, it's between H2O and Wilhelm Scream because like yeah. Wilhelm Scream, they'll go like all out with it. Uh, but it's a little lighter than that. And it's like there's the, the palm muting and the drums are kind of like skipping. It's really mm. it's got a cool just like, yeah, you can do this. You can rock your head. Right. You it, see it's, me? it's it's very groovy. See me? I'm rocking yeah. My head. yeah. Yeah. So there's a real bounce to the lyrics, too, to the there point is. where I cannot understand a lot of them because <laughs> he's like, like, he's even like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's doing that like double part at some points. So I actually read the lyrics to this one and I was surprised by how little I understood what this song is about. Um, It's giving me major like fight club vibes, but not in a like trashy, like, like, his name is Robert Pulse. Yeah, more like uh, you are not your khakis, like that part of, of yeah. Fight Club. 
So it's about letting go of the wants and desires that are pushed on us through like this consumer culture. We're yeah, living it's in. anti-capitalist, mm-hmm. anti one percent for sure. I also love there's a callback in these lyrics, which is great. Like earlier on in the song, he talks about this weapon that's used against us is the American dream itself. Like we're taught to like we should aspire to this American dream. And that's a weapon to get us to go along with the way they've structured the society. And then later in the song, he talks about we can disarm this weapon. So he's like built this metaphor early in the song so that he can use it later on and we'll understand. Well, if we can understand what he was saying, but upon reading them, I understand it. The song is smart. You can just say that. Yeah. It's a smart song. Yeah. He is a very smarter than you. He is talented (laughs) lyricist. Yeah. They're like catchy, but also meaningful. Yes. So then we got two versions of chalk line. Uh, We have the regular version and the the acoustic version. We can probably just talk about them together. Yeah. Um, All I wrote down was I liked the end. I don't remember this song that <laughs> this much. Is, this is one of their big ones. Yeah. Uh, Chalkline as in like, you know, tracing a body. Right. Chalkline. But it's also about rape culture and how like a lot of the money that backs it, like a lot of, you know, like using power to keep it going, which mm. is what rape culture is. And it's it's a shame. Yeah, for sure. Well, I also think less specifically than like rape culture, um, it's also about the idea that women grow up in a male dominated society. And what that means is this male dominated society and their their oppressive gender gender roles. Uh, But basically it means that they have to determine their self worth through the lens of a male gaze. Meaning like Mm -hmm. when you grow up in America as a woman, you know, I obviously this isn't what I'm saying because I don't know, but what Thomas is referring to is that you have to view your worth through the eyes of what men think is good and important and beautiful. And that's like a troubling thing to think about. Uh, and I can't imagine growing up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there are like gender norms for men as well, but they're so much more strict for females. Um, yeah, it's got a, that and musically it's got that classic two step chuggy dancey part in the electric version. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about the acoustic yeah, me thing, too. Jim. Yeah. I mean, this is a band where a lot of times punk and hardcore bands, no matter how melodic they get or how interesting and innovative they get on their music, they are criticized as being like just a punk band. Like they can never do it without Mm. the distortion and the speed and stuff. Right. What did you think? Do you think they were able to pull it off with the acoustic? Or some of these punk bands, when they go acoustic, they just do power chords or the same chords and don't make it. They just play the song on an acoustic guitar. Do you think the transition to this acoustic version was successful? Yes. Okay. Would That's you like to, to say about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the acoustic version better than the actual song, in my opinion. I actually do as well. And and not, how can I say this? Not like I would like them to be an acoustic band, but I right. think for this song, it captures... It works for the song. It captures the sadness yep. that's in the original, but like obscured in like Well, they speed. have like that xylophone or whatever. Yeah. It's like throughout the Haunting. song. Yeah. Yep. Um, for sure. Also, like, there's this, there's slight variations in the melody. Like, in when he goes to the bridge, he's like, yeah, we're ungrateful. Mm-hmm. He brings it down, like, a third. And because it's in a minor key, here we go, music theory nerds. Because it's in a minor key, when he's singing the third of the chord, it's, like, a minor third instead of a major third. Yep. Which automatically is, like, 
pushing through that like sad boy vibe <laughs> definitely yeah um so yeah i think they did enough to the song to justify its existence in yes. other words like what jeff said is if you listen to this punk goes acoustic comp there's a lot of punk bands that are just playing their song on an acoustic yes. guitar yes this feels like they were like hey what would this sound like if we wrote it for an acoustic guitar and a xylophone yeah for sure it's good i like it a lot uh then we get to blaze next is, album yeah exit english three exit english so at the time when this came out, well, I wasn't listening to them when it came out, but I was listening to them soon after. I think the first time I saw them was on this tour. Yeah. This album was viewed as a big departure. Now, in hindsight, it's not really that much. I think pretty, if you were to listen, consistent. I think if you were to listen to the entire album, you would feel that it's a little slower and a little more melodic than previous stuff. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, this opening, this Rise Like Lions bit. This is uh, very near and dear to my heart. Yes, it is. Because before I had heard this album, I started a band called Rise Like Lions. Yes, you did. And Check we it out had, on our music episode. Yeah, we had an opening song that was these exact same lyrics because they're from a poem, which is called The Mask of Anarchy. It was written in 1819 by Percy Shelley. And this poem has been like a big protest song, mm-hmm. not a song, but a big protest anthem. Mm-hmm. It was recited at the Tiananmen Square uh riots protests whatever in 1989 and again in Tahrir square in 2011 so it's cool that they opened their album with this yeah i'm cool it's cool that you have that little backstory because i didn't really like this song that much really i thought it was fine it just felt kind of like generic hardcore to me i mean the breakdown and chorus i thought were pretty cool well Um, this this highlights what we mentioned before is that thomas he does a great job of doing that punk growl and regular singing back and forth without being over the top mm. You know, it's not like a cradle of filth, like, ah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think this I like is it. one of their angrier songs. Yes. Um, to me, it's about uh, like putting behind like this idea of patriotism um, and how like one administration is as different, as similar as the next. So the line I like a lot is another flag's shadow covers us again. So, like, no matter what happens, it's still the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get to the next song, which is To the World. Yes. And, I like um, this one. Yeah, this song has no right being as catchy as it is. <laughs> like, the melody was super good, super catchy, super fun. Um, it's it's another song. They start a lot of their songs with, like, right away, like, the vocals and the music all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or whole say, like, one syllable and the music will come in. Go. Um and yeah, it, it starts off with that slow palm muting again. It builds quick and then it just rips the freaking roof off. Mm-hmm. And th- like lyrically, this pushes that idea it. that I was just yeah. talking about. I even pledge allegiance further. to the world for nothing, nothing more, nothing, nothing less than my humanity. humanity. So this is like this is like no nations, no borders, anti-flag stuff. Yeah, like, I, I actually wrote down flag and fuck you. Yeah. Sorry, Jim. Um, or all or society of breakdown. Check out our music. Forget the flags. Erase the borders yeah nice so it's like don't, we don't like countries it's turning away from jingoism and uh nationalism and turning towards the things that unite us rather than what divide us yes and there's a, a harmony in here jim not to get too granular but <laughs> there's one specific part which might be the most the greatest harmony in all of strike anywhere because they don't do a lot of harmonies they have a lot of melodic stuff, but they don't have a lot of backing vocals. Mm-hmm. And there's this line in here where he's like, law and order for whose order? 
And it's like so good. Law and order for whose order? Did you catch that? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, sedition. I wrote down. I like the harmonies. Yeah, this is off of Dead FM from 2006. This is the yeah. album that Dan first got me into. Yeah. Nice. When this, this is the came first out. album on Bridge Nine. And um, I was like, oh, this is Oh, wait, good. no, this is Fat Records. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is like probably for me their best sounding album or maybe up until this point their best sounding album. But this is like a banger. It's one of my favorites. Yep. Which lie is the one? This is the album opener. In which war? I love this as an opener. You, mm. Okay, this is like going to date me, but I got this on CD, yeah. and I would pop it into my five-disc changer in my 2002 Ford Focus. I remember that. And uh, crank the volume, and he would just scream into your face before there's any <laughs> music or anything. Yes. You probably blasted me with that when I was like six years old. You're I'm like, like eh. this hurts. Uh, what would you think of this one, really, Jim? really sad sedition yeah yeah i mean it's a good song i I already said that i liked it so i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that this is their best song lyrically because he does something that i've been wanting him to do in all the earlier songs Mm -hmm. which is to take these rebellious political ideals and bring them closer to his heart the whole album really yeah because there's a lot of broad ideas leading up to this Mm -hmm. but now it gets more personal to him or just the stories are about single issues right or single people or events so when he's talking about how he could walk in his grandfather's footsteps because i mean i'm sure this didn't literally happen but his claim is that because they were glowing in the dark because he worked in a nuclear factory and his bosses lied to him and said that what he was doing was safe and it ended up leading to his death and like mm-hmm. he ties that into the idea of nuclear prolifer- proliferation and how that's been such like causing a forward momentum in war like in the world Mm -hmm. and how i just love the idea that like where he's from is where they built those weapons and uh hiroshima started in tennessee let it end with me i don't know it's just like a beautiful song it's about how these larger ideas that they've been singing about for three albums are really connected to him and how they are connected to all of us at an individual basis. That's pretty cool. Then uh, Instinct, and uh, I really enjoyed this one. It felt good in my ear holes. That's what I wrote yeah, down. This was, this was one of the first songs I heard, too, because I think this actually was their single, whatever a punk rock single Yeah, it's is. one of their few mu- music videos they um, have. Yeah. Um, it has sort of like a a drinking vibe type song. It sounds like a night at the end of that. the bar. Like, I'll write these words now. I don't know. Um, but this this also sounds more just like, you know, not like a big picture thing, but a much more close to home because he knows he's writing songs that people look look to for comfort. Like he knows that there's going to be teenagers that have a bad day at high school that go home and just put on their headphones and listen to Strike Anywhere to feel a little bit better before yeah, they wishing go to bed so and hard over. to forget you're alive but you're alive yeah yeah it's definitely more of an emotional look at these issues rather than like a geopolitical look so there is this big movement in like early 2000s punk and hardcore i think sort of anti-flag paved the way with this which was like hey it's not enough to be like i'm rebelling you have to be specific. Like, they were literally writing songs about policy and stuff like that. Anti-flag? Yeah. Yeah, they were like, the WTO should change their policy yeah. on this. Mind the G-A-double-T. <laughs> it's like, okay, when I'm 14 and I'm, like, Googling what is the G-A-A-T, 
So I think Strike Anywhere got a little bit into that as well. And and at some point, you have to get personal yep. or else you're just singing about policies. Right. Um, and right. I think Anti-Flag ended up finding that as well. Uh, whether they were forced into it by a major label or not is another yes. another issue. But um, yeah, I think Jeff's right, right that this song is about an individual's reaction to a hard day, basically. Yeah. Uh, allies. Love this one. This is a really emotional look at um, what it's what it's like to protect and stand by the LGBTQ community. Yes. And I wrote down that, too. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's good. It's it's a good song. I, I liked it. That chorus, don't let them tell you who you cannot love, is so good. I'm starting to think that these boys care about people. <laughs> I like the reoccurring gag. It's Thank good. You. It's four times I highlighted them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right jeff yeah we're into iron front iron front released in 2009 yeah so wow. a few years later it's so weird because like for some reason there 2009 was like a moment in time where i remember like four specific things because... you sound a lot like baba Booey talking about his record collection born to run was a moment <laughs> in time when i could just listen to the whole album front to back 2009 was a moment where i did not have a vehicle to travel myself so i would take the city transportation bus uh, to work and every day I would walk to the bus stop or I would walk halfway to my co-worker's house and he would pick me up and I would listen to Bane just dropped their like EPs from around the world or 359 mm-hmm. whatever that came out I was listening to Doctor Who podcasts when the 11th Doctor new episodes were dropping I was listening to the Wheel of Time on audiobook and I was listening to Strike Anywhere Iron Front because it just dropped so this for some reason this album isn't like amazing it just transported me back to this time in my mm-hmm. life where everything but this was shitty i'm gonna go a <laughs> step further and say that i had a similar reaction but not necessarily to just that time period but this came out on bridge nine records at a time when almost everything that came out on bridge nine records was, was something i liked yeah. yeah so it was like one i mean there's been moments especially in punk music you know underground music where you can point to like uh, revelation records in 1988 like every release is good there there's something about like this early to mid 2000s hardcore on bridge nine records that is like a snapshot in what that music was at that time mm-hmm. and like as jeff said i think this album really captures it it's different because it's more melodic and more punk than a lot of stuff yep but i mean this is a great song off this this is one of the catchiest strike yeah. anywhere songs i think lower the flags raise Freeze up the earth, earth. Freedom Freedom till death. death. Come on, Jimmy. Death Death until birth. birth. Wow, you did it. What'd you think of this one? Yeah, this is probably like number two on my. There's some woes for Jimmy at the end. Whoa. (laughs) You always know I like the woes. Yeah. It gets really high too. They do like the two different (laughs) harmonies. Yeah. So this is like, there's a line in there new faces, same system. You mean that Joe Biden isn't a war hawk? You mean to tell me that the guy that we all love so much isn't actually a bad guy? Yeah. You mean to tell me he's a bad guy? I remember when Joe Biden won the election. And everyone's like, yes. And, and I, was I was like, like I can't. this sucks. <laughs> Jeff and I were like, cool, we get to hate Democrats again. Yeah. yeah. Because they're too conservative. I was like, I can't. Now I could talk shit about them. I couldn't before because the other side exactly. is worse. But now I could actually be like, no, nobody likes you guys. Right. You're, you suck. Guess what? Kids are still in cages. Oh, yeah. And the Taliban's in Texas. <laughs> Let's go, boys. 
yeah but yeah this song is great it's very good it's very memorable i think i only heard this once and i was i remembered the chorus so. yeah yeah it's good i think it's more nuanced lyrically as well like it's not like fight rebel right there's a little bit of that but it's also got a more of a positive slant yeah uh failed state this is uh one of the heavier strike anywhere songs yes this is one you wanted on the playlist if i remember correctly jeff yeah was it i don't remember i don't remember (laughs) i don't think it was I, I sort I of like threw together it. this yeah. playlist and Jeff was like, hey, you should change this and this. And, and that's how we came Actually, up with I it. think I told you to take this one off. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, For length time. I like the song. Um, as we run from your culture, you're running out of time. Yeah. Every generation tries to evolve and progress past like the antiquated bullshit of their ancestors. Except and for white men. Yes. That's what the song is about. <laughs> and that will lead to a state that has failed, which America is. Right. This is really questionably has. Yeah. Um, yeah 2009 I, is very early to be able to like point out the fact that white conservatives are trying to rip this country in half. Yeah. the It was there. People yeah. saw it, but it wasn't just like in your face. It wasn't a literal civil storm war like the it capital. is now. Yeah. yeah. What'd you think, Jim? Yeah. I mean, I wrote down the, the word or the phrase, whatever, lyric. Yeah. Uh, how far can this world go to reject you? I just thought was a very powerful line. Right. It's like true. <laughs> they're fighting tooth and nail to maintain a culture that is dying. Yes. And not and not dying just like because of lack of interest, like forcefully dying. Like the rest of this country wants to evolve in advance. Yeah. Um, dress the wounds. This is on their latest album. Nightmares of the West came out last year. Haven't really delved too deeply into this album. It's an EP. Yet. There's like six songs. Yeah. Um, but I thought there's some really interesting music choices in here, especially in the drums. He does this thing that I love. It's like it's something you hear every once in a while. But he's in like a t- typical fast beat. It was like do that, do that, do that, do that, and then he drops everything out but the snare drum in the chorus. So it becomes this like It becomes this like weird like shotgun effect. Um. Yeah, I just think there's it's interesting. It feels very aggressive and fast without being too much. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this? I liked it. Um, I wrote I wrote down it's a good song, but I can't actually process thought right now. Hopefully I can get back to this tomorrow. I did. Oh, it. Jimmy. Oh, Jim. He yeah, took this, notes this about song, how he has no notes. This yep. song is um, <laughs> it came out 11 years later. It's very consistently Strike Anywhere, and Dan and I kind of had a conversation about this. We were like, that's good, because we like Strike Anywhere, and it is Strike Anywhere. And Dan was like, yeah, but they didn't evolve in 11 years. It's the Mm. same thing. Right, and what I sort of thought in my head when I was listening to a lot of this is, like, this band is, like, great because I like what they do, but they'll never be one of my favorite bands because they're just what they do. Mm. So... I guess like we can kind of segue into overall thoughts at this point. Sure. Um, I wrote down, to be honest, I kind of did myself a disservice by putting this off so late because yeah, Jim, I didn't I didn't really go hard into the lyrics. I didn't really like listen to this a ton of times. It was kind of just like a couple pass throughs. Um, so Jimmy, I think so low energy, <laughs> low energy losers. There was definitely a lot of stuff that I really did like. Like there's a lot of like the melodic hardcore, which I do like. Um, Sleepy Jim. There's some really tight harmonies um and yeah it it was stupid catchy stuff um but 
after listening to this a few times, there was there wasn't really something that like really connected me to them. And I was like, I I enjoy the politics. I enjoy. Um, well, I don't enjoy the do politics. You, do you enjoy the politics? <laughs> I connect with Blue the Blue Lives Matter with over the, here. I collect with the political message that they're giving. And um, yeah, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't really connect with it is kind of my overall thought. Mm. I mean, it's interesting. I think Jeff and I came into it at a point in our lives where we were like thirsting for things that for sure that spoke about this rebellion that we felt right. in our hearts. And you're not like there like you're I'm not saying you're you're not in agreement with the ideals that he's talking about, but you're coming to it as a grown I'm an almost adult 30 old man <laughs> who's like, yeah, I'll just vote. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we were like, we're going to storm the streets, but not for white supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. So my final push is that what you heard is what you're going to get. They're very consistent. They have like five albums, uh, an EP, uh, mm-hmm. acoustic live album, which I don't Mm. recall very much. I know that I've heard it and I know that I like it. This is a band that is super stupid, catchy. Like you said that you love the woes. You love the sangs, (laughs) the singings. They are, they are a band to put on while you're driving Mm. to scream out your open windows. They're an amazing band to see live, which live isn't really a thing that's going on right now. And also, I don't know if they are touring or will, or if they ever come back, they're great. Like like I said, I saw them with Bane and Touche Amore. I've seen them with H2O. Mm-hmm. They have that same live energy as all of those bands. Yeah, just who like, doesn't want to see a band live where the singer is like four foot ten and his hair is like four feet long? <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's just very high energy, very fun music. You like other bands like this, so Jimmy, you should like this. I have a final push. Uh, You know, we've all been in situations like you are where we thought we did enough. And then in hindsight, we're like, maybe we didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that if you're anywhere like soft and you're like, hey, some of that was kind of catchy, but I don't know if I'll listen to it. I think you're like two more listens away from like singing along Mm -hmm. because I've been listening to this band for years and I still don't know all the little you know, yeah, me too. Lyrics I know, in the verses. I know a lot of like the. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I'll do the like that. Yeah. But then you get to the choruses and you're like, yeah, this is the chorus. Right. And uh, that's <laughs> so gratifying. And I think you're probably only a couple listens away from getting there. Okay. And um, there's a lot of songs like almost every one of their songs has a catchy chorus. Like we mm. could have made there's this sometimes playlist three too, hours long. There's a couple songs in here where I didn't even know what they were about at first. Mm. And I've been singing them for years and I was like, I'm happily singing about rape culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But. The good news about this band. Uh, okay. The bad news is that they don't like evolve and, and you're not going to hear like super different stuff. Album to album. Right. The good news is if you like parts of it, there's a lot more. You can throw on literally just click on strike anywhere and play anything and shuffle. Yeah. And, and it's going to be, be awesome. cool. And you'll mm. be like every three songs, you'll be like, oh, I know this one. OK, so, Jim, did we talk you into strike anywhere? I need another episode. Oh, oh. come on. I'm for it, dude. Really? I hate this answer. It's yeah. my least favorite answer. I think it's smart, though, because he, he didn't do he didn't do a great job. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's partially on my fault, but it's a hundred percent your fault. <laughs> you either know. like them or you don't. This Let's isn't a gray out, area Jeff. fan. I don't think it is my fault. I think I I'm not connected enough with it, and I need more to get more into it. Okay, 
Right. So we should just mini episode so, doesn't need to be a lot. So the good news is is that at the time of this airing, we have started an initiative that I That's lazily true. called the, the Friday Avengers Initiative, initiative. <laughs> yeah. where we are doing two episodes a week starting in January, but we're kicking it off slow right now. We're going to do two Friday episodes a month mm-hmm. till the end of 2021. And one of those slots is allotted for moments like this A moment. We are yes, not planning on saying we need other episodes to fill space, but like we right. still have to do a Sonic episode. Yep. That's going on a Friday. Yeah. We're going to do like a, you know, a shorter episode. So we don't need to do like two uncanny X-Force episodes that right. are full, you know? So yeah, we, we will get back to this at some point. Maybe we'll do some videos, some live stuff, some more of the acoustic yeah. stuff. And I'm just going to listen to this playlist more so I can connect. Yeah. With well, the funny thing then... is Jimmy's like sort of self criticism is that he didn't listen to this playlist enough. So we should just let him do this playlist again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just talk about all these songs again. All right, Jimmy, listen to this playlist, listen to this episode and then get yeah. back to us. Okay. No, we'll come up with a short thing right. I, I realized in hindsight that there it would be good to include a video a visual component mm. because their live energy is so good yeah i think we should i think they have some really cool stuff on hate five six which if you're a fan of heavy music yes, and you don't you know, know what hate five six is you need to look them up cool but yeah this is my first ever time asking Yay. for a second episode I'm proud of you, is, Jim. yeah and, growing up um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get more into it. So um, no, I think it's a good choice. You could have said no because you didn't listen enough. You could have said yes just to placate us. Right. Yeah, that's what you should have done. No, I think he just made play Kate, play Kate, play Kate. Jeff loves his ego stroked. Yeah, yeah he did a great job. I love getting stroked by Jimmy. Yeah. Next week, boys. Yeah, it's my day. It is Jeff, it's Jeff it's day. Jeff day. Are we gonna say no? Now? Not yet. No, no. we're gonna keep. You have surprised. to wait. Yeah, because we're recording the first half next. Okay. So in a, several minutes, I will know. But yeah, we do. Uh, we started this year doing host days. We started with Jimmy and Dan, and now me. Where on the week of our birthday, we make the recording schedule easy and fun. Yes. Things that we like. I'm very excited. Things for that mine. we think Jeff will like. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it works. I believe it worked for Jimmy Day. Jimmy, what yeah. did we talk you into? I don't remember. A Wilhelm scream and the commitments movie. Oh, yeah. So that worked. On Dan Day, (laughs) not as successful. It was an accident. I meant to say Uncanny X-Force, and then I accidentally said Ninja Turtles. I wasn't talked into that, but Jimmy, you talked me into... Wolverine and the X-Men. Which I enjoyed. Yes, you yeah, did. that was very good. So, Jeff, we're so going to pick. Week, I don't know. Jimmy and I are each going to pick something that we think we're going to love. It's in the show notes now, so you can look to see what it is. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. In the meantime, Jimmy, where can people find the podcast online? You can find the podcast at Talk Me Into uh, on Talk Twitter. Intro. At Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And you can find us patreon.com slash talk me into. We got some new goals on there, baby. Goals. We want to pay Dan and Jeff. That's one of the goals I on want there 12, now. I love it. $12.50. Yeah. Hey, even if it feet. never happens, or even if I get paid like a dollar a month, it feels good just to see that in writing somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been paid for anything creative. Currently, we're we're paying off the uh, hosting fees, and then the, the next goal is to pay off my uh, adobe subscription but then after that dan and jeff could start getting paid yeah so let's, let's get it up to 100 bucks i month, have everybody. a daughter i'm yeah. buying a house i need cold hard cash they need untraceable a month yeah send me your singles yes and plus it's not just like donating money you're getting a lot of good stuff you yeah there is a lot of good we're, stuff. we're posting a lot of stuff on on patreon a lot of exclusive stuff that yeah you won't and like get i said two episodes a week for free Hell yeah. The least you can do 
Just give us five bucks. That's true. Yeah, five bucks. In the meantime, Dan, where can people find you online? <laughs> I was waiting for that segue, and it was like very <laughs> bad. It was yeah, a bad was, segue. Was not good. Uh, you could find me on Twitter under the name Danny underscore Breakdown. Uh, also, check out my band anywhere you hear music. We're everywhere on Spotify. We're on Bandcamp. It's Disqualifier. Just search for Disqualifier. Jeff, how about you? You could find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. You can find all of us on Twitter at So Discussions. Oh, oh I have resurrected plug. the Twitter because Dan made me. <laughs> Jimmy, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. But more importantly, go go subscribe to the So Discussions Twitter account because we'll be posting updates. Yeah, and videos soon. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk to you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know what you're talking me into. So I'll write these words down. For you, my friends, here after all this time. <clears throat> Are we recording? Yep. <clears throat> Very cool. It's one of the reasons why. Jimmy, you got a boogie in your nose? It sounds like your nose is whistling. My nose is always stuffy. You need some breathe right strips, bro. I probably should, yeah. What if you get them and your voice like drops an octave? <laughs> Even lower than what it is. <clears throat> my this, Jimmy Fitch. This my my name voice. is Jimmy Remember, Fitch. Dude, that Chappelle so sketch with the weatherman. This is my real voice. Yeah, it's like actually, Tim. This is not my real speaking voice. Oh yeah, voice. that was good. This my real voice, straight up gangster. And then he pulls his pants down, <laughs> like my big black ass. Who wants to start it? Ah, Dan. Jeff, you can, I'll Dan. start it again. Usually, I just Daniel. start it. Dan, you know, start it. Okay, I'll start it. Dan, start it, Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so I'll write these words down. Only ones we never talk about the glitter madness in grown up eyes. Okay. I don't know if any of those words are right. Take that better. Hang it upside down. This country's in distress. Let's get it. And we rise like lions after slumber. And I'm vanquished, Shake your chains to the earth like dew, because we are many. That are you. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Jimmy's just staring. You'll be singing. Start it up, yeah. Je- Jeff. Ooh, I don't know what to say. Okay. Do you know that anything was... about Strike Anywhere? Not a lot of details. Okay, hold on. I mean, I don't have a whole list in front of me, Jeff. You I should. I do. This, I actually do. You're the one coming out with bold statements. That it's it's not. Bold. It's actually not that bold. It was bold when I first saw it, and I didn't know what people were saying. I'd and love to hear the other people who are saying it. This fucking guy. <laughs> this is my... Do they like Harley Quinn or not? <laughs> That's how we find out. Yeah. Who else is at the bottom of the list? Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Shang-Chi before they've even seen it. Nope, Shang Chi's getting amazing reviews. It was really good. Yeah, that's what everybody's saying, and that's not what everybody was saying about Black Widow. I don't care what everyone says. I care about what I say. Okay. Are we recording? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I got some of that, not all of it. I love when I'm drinking coffee and I can do like the Kermit meme. To live in discontent. <laughs> Anti-establishment. <laughs> Since the day we were born. There's going to be a lot of that in this episode. I will try anything to kill the sleeping company. I will do anything. Racist infiltration. So am I supposed to trust you like an overseer trusted? Jeff, you got a burp for us? No, I'm just waiting for one of us to start. Who's starting? Are we good? I could start it. Let's start it then, Jim Bob. Hold on one second. Was that you just swallow? Oh, oh my god, listening to that made me want to fing you. There's still in there. <laughs> I'm chewing it. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Funny story I might get fired for this episode. I forgot to email yeah. myself the notes, so I logged on this morning and sent the email, and it was like, this email has been quarantined. It was sent after hours. Your supervisor will be notified. Plus, it contains a swear. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Strike anywhere. Let's get into it, fellas. Let's get into it. From the album-ish to live in discontent. Has anyone seen my bottle of water? Okay, I thought we were starting, but I guess we're not. Sorry, I just won't be able to do this episode. So I'm gonna sit. We've been sitting here for 10 minutes, and Dan's just chewing his phlegm. Yeah. <laughs> 